Hey, 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 it's Tamika Bright, and you're listening to Pink Conversations Empower, Inform, Inspire. It is Wednesday, March the 10th, and I'm excited about another great show today. You know what to do. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in because you don't want to miss the episode for today. Let's get ready for our royal empowerment. It's Pink Conversations Empower, Inform, Inspire. But wait, wait a minute, hold up. Before we get to our Royal Empowerment, I told you last week that I had a huge announcement to make. And so guess what? I'm going to make it. Are you ready? I'm really, really excited about this. All right, here we go. In five, four, three, two. Listen, last night I had the best dinner ever. Ribs, macaroni, cheese. Okay, I'm, I'm joking. Okay, that's not it. That's not it. Here it goes. Here it goes. I'm excited to announce to you guys that I am a published author. Yes, you heard that right. I am a published author. I have my first book. It's called Broken for the Purpose. It will be available on April the 21st, but you can pre-order now. You can uh, look on my website at TamikaBright.com. That is TamikaBright, T-A-M-E-K-A-B-R-I-G-H-T.com. And you can pre-order the book there. Listen, when I I tell you I'm excited I am excited you know that I'm going to do an entire show about it I'm going to share with you some of the things that are in the book so definitely stay tuned published author right here guys broken for the purpose is what the book is called and it's all about me and my life and the things that I've been through and I just cannot wait to share it with you like I said it's my story for God to get the glory it is broken for the purpose I did it yes I'm really really excited okay now let's get ready for our royal empowerment it's time for our royal empowerment today coming from Luke chapter 6 verse 28 that is Luke chapter 6 verse 28 and you know I like to read from the amplified version because it gets down to the get down and it reads bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you now listen I know that is hard to do see it was easily said this is what he said this is what we got to do we got to bless those who curse us and we got to pray for those who mistreat us you know my friend said it best he said you know what Judas had a very important plot to God's plan God knew that he was going to betray him but that needed to happen because he's God after all that could he could have stopped that it didn't have to happen but that had to happen that was part of God's plan to happen and so I need to find exactly what she said and how she worded it but basically the gist of it was listen you even gotta love your enemies you even gotta embrace them because they are strategically placed to bring you to your purpose yeah yeah I know that sounds crazy but it's in the word he says that we've got to bless those who curse us and we've got to pray for those who hurt us so I just encourage you to love on your enemies I ain't saying that you got to be buddy buddy with them or anything but we got to pray we got to do exactly what the word says because you never know they could be used to push you to your purpose so there you go that is your royal empowerment for today let's get ready for our pink topic I was talking to Miss Carol Boston Weatherford she is an award-winning novelist and uh, she actually writes children's novels and I'm really excited about today's interview with her. So let's jump right in and take a listen. It's Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. It's Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. And you know I am super excited about today's show and about today's guest. I am in presence of legendary status here. I'm really excited about this one. Her name is Miss Carol Boston Weatherford. She is from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, she wrote her first poem actually when she was in the first grade. And I thought it was real cool how her father took the poems and he put them on index cards. And then in 19, 95, she actually uh, published her first literary debut and it was the Juneteenth Jamboree and since then, she has won numerous awards to include the uh, NAACP Image Awards, the SCBWI, we're going to ask her about that, the Golden Kite Award, the Coretta Scott King Author Honor Awards and so many more and now she is an English professor at Federal State University. Please help me welcome Miss Carol Boston Weatherford. How are you? I'm doing wonderful and since you... uh 
mentioned Fayetteville State University. I'm going to say Bronco Pride. There we go. Attitude check. Right? Did I do that right? right. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> good. Yes. So welcome again. Thank you so very much for being a guest on the show. I learned about you through my son's kindergarten teacher, Miss Mitchell. She's at Lloyd Almond, And she was telling me about you when she realized how well my son can draw and how he likes to draw. He really enjoys it. Um, he enjoys it a lot to the point where he's in class when he's supposed to be paying attention, but he's actually drawing. And I have to go in and take away the crayons and the paper to be like, no, 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 you're supposed to be doing math right now because he will sit there and draw all through class. But uh, she told me about you. She called me. She said, listen, he reminds me of your son who does the same thing. He is an illustrator and he started at a young age. And so I went and researched you and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I would love to have her on my show. So reached out and you said yes. And I really appreciate it. So thank you again for being on the show. You're welcome. I'm delighted to be here. So let's jump right into it. Your first book. I know that you wrote poetry as well, but that very first book um, in 1995, was that the first one, the Juneteenth Jamboree? It was. Juneteenth Jamboree was my first children's book. And just by coincidence, I had an adult book, my first adult book come out that same month, October 1995. And that was poetry for adults. And that was called The Tan Chantoot, a reference to uh, Josephine Baker. So those books both came out um, in October 1995. Juneteenth Jamboree was not poetry. It was uh, it's prose. Uh, it is a picture book, and it's about it's illustrated by Yvonne Buchanan, and it's about the first African American holiday, which is Juneteenth, which stands for June nineteenth, eighteen sixty five, the date in history when the last enslaved African Americans were freed in the United States. So yes, now you said that's a children's book. It's a children's book. Yes, it was published by Lee and Low Books, okay. and it's still in print. Uh, there are um, I, I, you know I've since published. Uh, uh, many more books. I just uh, just uh, published my 60th book, which is um, entitled Dreams for a Daughter, and it's illustrated by Brian Pinkney. That that just came out last week. Oh, congratulations! That is awesome. Yeah. 60 books. Yes. Wow. Okay. So going back, thinking about the 60 books from your first book to where you are now, can you think about the favorite? What is your favorite book you've written so far? It's hard for me to choose one, so I'm going to name three. First of all, I'm going to say Moses, when Harriet Tubman led her people to freedom, which was illustrated by Kadir Nelson. And that book won a Caldecott honor. And it really um, kind of cha- you know, changed my career, put me on in a different in a different league. I'm not, I'm not going to say I was on top after that necess- per se, but it did put me in a different league. So that book is one that was important to the advancement of my career. Another one um, that came out in 2008 that is the book that I think I was born to write is entitled Becoming Billie Holiday. And that was my young adult debut. Uh, so it's a book for teenagers and it's illustrated by Floyd Cooper. And of course, it's about Billie Holiday. And it's about her first 25 years. And it, it actually ends with the release of her song, Strange Fruit, which of course now is the subject of uh, a movie, United States uh, versus Billie Holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's about Strange Fruit and the impact that had on on her career. And oh, now the third book, You Can Fly, the Tuskegee Airmen, illustrated by my son. And I probably don't have to tell you why that's one of my favorites. That was that was our first book together. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is awesome. So he did that. You know, my son keeps asking me if we could do one together. He's like, Mommy, I can do the pictures and you can write. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know what we're going to write about, but if that's what you want to do, he wants to do comic. He's like, you know, okay. he's like, he want to do a comic book. And I'm like, let's go for it. You know, definitely encouraging him to do that. So those are your three favorite books. And you have one, you know, you mentioned one, you've 
won numerous awards. You've gotten two NAACP Image Awards and you've gotten now, it said the Golden Kite Award. Uh, what is that award? The Golden Kite Award is from the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. That's a professional organization for children's book uh, authors and illustrators. And they give several awards every year um, in various genres of children's literature. And so I got uh, mine for nonfiction and it was for the book Schomburg, The Man Who Built a Library which is a middle grade verse biography about Arturo Schomburg, who was a uh, black bibliophile book collector during the Harlem Renaissance. And his collection of over 10,000 books, pieces of art and artifacts formed the basis of the Schomburg Center's collection, which is a branch of the New York Public Library that's located in Harlem. So he really made um, a very significant contribution to the Harlem Renaissance and to later um, African-American American culture, history, and, and arts through that collection. So how do you get notifications that you've won these awards? Like, do they email you? Do they send you a letter? Do they phone call? Like, how does that work? The American Library Association generally uh, makes a phone call. But most of all the other awards I've either heard from the organizations uh, directly via email or from my publishers. My, sometimes my publishers get notified before I do about the award. So, but generally those uh, notifications come via email. It's only the American Library Association that calls you. That is an awesome feeling because again, you've won several and it is very well deserved. And I noticed that you write about books that, so, you know, you wrote about Billie Holiday. I think you did something about uh, Josephine Baker. You also did, about the um, Obama's dogs, their first dog they got when they were in the White House. So what is your inspiration behind your book writing and your poetry? Well, it varies from uh, book to book. Let's talk about how I get, get the idea for a book. Sometimes the ideas come from things that I read, you know, books that I read, articles that I read, documentaries that I've seen, museums or historic sites that I have visited. Other times I get suggestions for uh, book ideas from educators, from my family members, and even from students. So, you know, they come, the ideas come from all over the place, but what leads me to eventually pursue that idea is my own interest in the subject. And often it's just, you know, curiosity. Other times it's, uh, if I already know about the person or the subject, I check to see if that subject has been written about for children. And if it hasn't, and I think it's, um, you know, worthwhile subject, something that children should know about, then I, you know, may take on the project and, and write about it. So most of your books are geared for children. They're children books. Oh, definitely. I have a few, you know, just a few, you know, a handful that are um, for adults. But, you know, I, I, I almost always write for children nowadays. They are my audience. And I think they're I consider children a very important audience because they are they're like little sponges. You know, they take in information and the information that they take in, you know, really literally shapes them. And because it shapes them, it can also change the world. So, you know, I take I take my responsibility as a children's book author very seriously for that reason. And that is what makes you stand out to be such an amazing author that you are, is the fact that you do feel that way about the children and you take the time to write the children's books and the things that you're writing about. It's not, um, you know, just like fairy tales or anything like that. These are like real, you know, history or historic events that these kids can learn from. You put it on that level. So that is something that I do appreciate. I, I know, again, when my son's teacher had showcased you, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, 
when they were uh, talking about you, she mentioned the books and she had a library set up where the kids can go in and, and read some of your books and how to purchase some of your books. So it was really educational. It was really refreshing too, to know that someone right here in their own backyard is writing these books and it was an inspiration to them. So again, I just want to thank you for that. And you mentioned before that you had your son, you guys wrote your first book together. He illustrated and you wrote, how did you know uh, at his age, because I read where I think he was about five or six and he was drawing. How did you know at that age that he had a talent for this? Well, it came, I didn't realize it at five or six. Um, In fact, when he was in kindergarten and uh, I had my first parent teacher conference with his kindergarten teacher, his kindergarten teacher opened up this folder and said, Jeffrey's not working up to his potential. He won't finish coloring his, uh, you know, the hand, these handouts, his worksheets. And so, you know, I talked to him about, you know, finish your work. And then in third grade, um, there was an incident one weekend where he had been playing video games like all weekend. And as a mom, you know, on Sunday night, you start thinking about, okay, we've got to get ready for the week. What do we need to do for school? this week? You know, do you have, I asked, you know, the the questions, do you have a permission form or anything I need to sign? Did you, you know, usually they didn't have homework on the weekends. So I said, is any homework? Do you have any tests coming up that you need to study for? Do you have any projects? And he was still playing video games. And then finally he said, uh, I think I have a a project. Uh, And I said, well, when is it due? He said, tomorrow. And I was like, it was seven o'clock at night on a Sunday. I was like, it's late. And the project was that he was supposed to do a um, an infographic, a tourism infographic about a state. And the state that he had chosen was Colorado. But the next day after school, I went to see his teacher because I just couldn't take it any longer. This, you know, the forgetfulness. And I knew that he had, you know, opened up his notebook. I had opened up his notebook and you know, he doodled. He got his work done. He wasn't a bad wasn't a bad student at all. He but he had all these doodles in his notebook and I was like you need to be listening to the teacher and writing down your homework and your projects rather than doodling in class. So I talked to his teacher and that year, I think every Monday I met with her to get his homework, his work for the week so that nothing would fall through the cracks like that. And so we did that uh, and he continued drawing. And then uh, when he was in sixth grade, he was still doing the doodling. And I happened to look at the doodles and it occurred to me that they were pretty good, that the drawings were pretty good. And at that point, I looked for art classes, you know, outside of school in my community, studio art classes. So I took him to, um, it was called Greensboro Cultural Center. And he took various art classes, one in comic books, about comic books. He took ceramics. He took painting, I think. He took all, you know, all kinds of art classes uh, from that point on. And then when he was in senior high school, I uh, found out just through casual conversation that the vice principal, of uh, assistant principal, as they called, of his school was an artist, had, had studied art and had been an art teacher before he had gone into administration. And I asked him, I said, would you be willing to give my son um, some studio, studio lessons? And so he did. He gave my son, my son would go over to his house on Saturday afternoons. And he had one-on-one studio lessons with the assistant principal, whose name is Joseph Johnson. And he's now retired and he's uh, 
pursuing uh, back to back to doing his own fine art. But Jeffrey really benefited from that one on one instruction. The last year of his um, high school senior year, he had to do a senior project. I don't know if kids do that anymore, but I suggested to him, why don't you try um, illustrating one of my manuscripts? And he did. It was a manuscript called um, Which Way to Dreamland? And he illustrated that for his senior project. And we he, we have not you know tried to publish it yet, um, we, but we will get around to that eventually. So he went on to uh, Winston-Salem State to where he studied computer graphics and animation, and then on to Howard University where he got a Master of Fine Arts in painting. So that's that's kind of his you know oh, awesome. his educational biography and my the influence that I had on him. And then we uh, when he was um, in his senior well his last year at Howard, You Can Fly came out at, toward the end of that year the same same month that he graduated from Howard with his MFA. Uh, our book came out uh, You Can Fly the Tuskegee Airmen. And he illustrated that with Scratchboard. And so it, we were quite elated about it. And that little book has kind of kind of taken us around the world. We got to travel to um, West Africa together to present to schools there. And in 2019, we went to um, uh, the United Arab Emirates, where we uh, presented to schools and at a reading conference there. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's wonderful to be able to do something like that with your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. So shout out to your son, Jeffrey, for that and for you seeing that in him seeing that gift or that talent in him and saying okay instead of suppressing it you saying all right how can we um expand this you know exactly like i was telling you when we were off air i i want to do the same thing with my son he does the same thing he draws while he's in class when he should be doing math and i walk in and he is drawing something else and it's like okay you know you don't want to suppress that but you want to make sure they're getting the education they're supposed to get as well as doing something that they like i know i got him a desk and there's so much drawing on the desk now. And I walked in one day and he caught, I caught him drawing and he was like, Oh mommy, I'm sorry. I said, you know what? It's okay. You can draw on the desk. It's all good. You know, it's just the desk. It's all good. So I felt like just giving him some type of creative space to let him, you know, be creative as long as it's not my wall. I've seen parents who even have, have walls in their house where they let kids draw. I didn't, I didn't go that far, you know, <laughs> but there are parents who have, you know, who have done that and, you know, hats off to those who can do that, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't quite ready for that, but I did um, try to keep him um, engaged, you know, with his art and to channel that creativity, you know, in a way that would allow him to, like you say, expand on his gift. Right. Yeah. I When we moved to our house, that's when he wanted to play Picasso on the wall. We were in an apartment for the first five years of his little life and he never touched the wall. And we get into this brand new house. And I guess he just saw all this white wall and was like, hey, let's do this. And he started drawing on the walls. And I was like, no, 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 we are not going to do that. So um, letting him draw on the desk is good. That's about as far as I'm going to get. <laughs> That's about yeah, it. That's pretty nice to let him draw on a desk, you know. I don't think I'm at my son. I did see some things that my son drew in his closet a couple times, but he pretty much confined his drawing to paper. Yeah, but yeah. it's important. I think it's important to um, encourage uh, children. I believe that um, every child has the seed of who they can become is in them when they're born, and it depends on the adults in their lives, the parents, the grandparents, the, the, the neighborhood, the village, the, the, the teachers, the school, 
to nurture that gift so that gift can then blossom and the child can grow into their destiny and and into their potential. I like that. I really do. I like that. And you're absolutely right. It's Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. And I'm talking to author Carol Boston Weatherford. She is from Baltimore, but she is here now in Fayetteville and she is an English professor at Fayetteville State University. So we have got the greatest right here in our own backyard. And I love it. All of her books are children inspired. She has a handful of uh, adult and teen inspired as well, but her audience mainly is children. And what I like about the uniqueness is, is that it's more than just, you know, fairy tales and all for children to read. These are like actual historic events that our kids can learn from. And it's broken down to their level. So she's written 60, 60 books already. And where you are now in your career, in your life, I'm looking back, if you could give your younger self some advice, if you didn't see your younger self where you are now, what would the Carol now say to your younger self? Toot your own horn, because nobody is going to promote you as well as you can promote yourself. So, you know, be proud of, you know, who you are. Don't try to hold back because you, you and want to be don't want to be seen as too smart or too this or too that um but yeah to toot your own horn you know be just just be all you can be as they as they say say in the military be all you can be i like that toot your own horn no toot your own horn there we go toot toot <laughs> there we go that's so important for girls in particular my latest book is uh, dreams for a daughter and you know so often you know girls particularly when they get in middle school they get you know they get a little shy they start trying to hold back on who they are how smart they are uh you know they they start slipping in terms of math because they don't want people to know how smart they are. And it's, it's so important for girls to, you know, to, to toot their own horn. And that doesn't mean that you have to be braggadocious or that you can't be modest or humble, but do promote yourself. Don't, you know, don't be shy about who you are and the gifts that you have to offer. Now, I know that you are an English professor at Fayetteville State University. What do you teach there? I teach a hip hop class entitled Hip Hop, Poetry, Politics, and Pop Culture. I teach a business and professional writing class, and I teach uh, children's and adolescent literature. Sometimes I also teach creative writing. Awesome, awesome. I think I would have taken the hip hop class and the creative writing. I believe that would have been, yeah. That would have been the class of that. Hip hop class is fun. Yeah, that would have been the class I take. I, but I have to say, I used to hate when my English teachers used to write the corrections like on my paper in that red ink. It'd be so much red ink on my paper. I'm just like, man, <laughs> when you think you've turned in this awesome paper and you get it back with all this red ink on it, it's a little discouraging, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, nowadays they say teachers shouldn't use red ink. I don't know if your, you know, if your son's teachers use red ink in first grade or not. But the, the pedagogy, you know, is that you do not use the red ink because it does discourage some people. Yes, it does. How was that? Some people. It definitely was a discouragement. Again, this is Miss Carol Boston Weatherford, author of numerous books, sixty to be exact, and she's right here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She is an English professor at Fayetteville State University. Go ahead and say it again for us. Bronco pride. There we go. Attitude check. There we go. I just remember taking my, uh, when I used to work in parks and recreation and we used to do college tours and I used to take the kids on college tours and we always came to Fayetteville State. And that was like the first thing they told us when we stepped on campus. This is what you say. Bronco pride, attitude check. So I will never forget that. Shout out to all the students and professors there at Fayetteville State University. Now I want you to tell us uh, where you can purchase your books, uh, your Instagram, social media, all your pages out there. Just let us know. Okay. I am uh, Carol 
Carol Weatherford on Facebook and Instagram, and I am Poet Weatherford on Twitter. My website is cbweatherford.com, and you can buy my books at any uh, brick and mortar, you know, local bookstore. Any bookstore can order my books. And the same goes for um, online booksellers, any online bookseller, um, African American Literary Book Club, IndieBound, Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, you know, CushCity.com. Uh, any any online bookseller can uh, get my books to you. So there you go. Carol Boston Weatherford, make sure you look her up. Her books are sold on Amazon and through her website, uh, through her social media pages. So this is, uh, they're good books to have. And I'm excited to get our copies for our son, good children's books. And she has some poetry out there too uh, for adults and young teen and light. So before I let you go, there is a game that I love to play. It's called So Random. And it's like a this or that. It's where I ask questions that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. That's why it's called So Random. And you're timed and you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. So are you ready to play? Okay. All right, here we go. So I'll give you 10 seconds and I have like one, two, three, five, six questions and we may or may not get to all of them, but we'll see. Okay. Here we go. We're playing So Random with Miss Carol Boston Weatherford. Peacock or feathers? Ha ha, that's not it. He start over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ready? And we're going to do that again. Peacock feathers or tiger stripes? Peacock feathers. First word that comes to your mind when you think of the letter Q. Queer. Whiteboard or chalkboard? Whiteboard. History or English? History. Would you rather be uh, a pilot of a submarine or a pilot of an airplane? Time! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did give you time back because they probably saying you should give a time back because you messed up on the first question, but I did. I did give you time back for that. But what would your answer have been? Submarine or airplane? That was such a hard one for me. I, I, I'd probably be afraid to do either. Um, but I think airplane. But I also, in my dreams, I fly in my dreams without, you know, not on a plane, but just, you know, on my own power. Yeah, so maybe air, airplane. I'd rather be an airplane pilot. There we go. It's so random with Miss Carol Boston Weatherford. Thank you so very much for being here. It's author Carol Boston Weatherford. You can check out her books on any online uh, book retailer stores. Also her website. If you want to give that website again? CBWeatherford.com. There we go. CBWeatherford.com. Uh, check her out. Get some books for your kids to have, for you to even have. Um, and again, she's right here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, English professor at Fayetteville State University. Thank you so very much for your time today. I was excited about today's show. And again, I thank you. Thank you, Tamika. Pink Conversations Empower, Inform, Inspire. Carol Boston Weatherford, our guest for today. I can't leave you without leaving you with our Pink Convo thought for today. Shout out to my girl Tamika. Now, I always mess with her. We have the same name, but I always say I spell it right and she doesn't. It's all good. But she had a quote today on her Instagram page and I was like, yo, that's really good. I want to use that. So I asked her permission to use this and I'm leaving it with you as our Pink Convo thought and it is the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Yeah, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. So thanks so much, Tamika, for allowing me to use that. Don't forget my first book, Broken for the Purpose, available April the 21st. But you can head over to my website at TamikaBright.com and pre-order now. Super, uber, uber, duper. Is, are those words, uber, duper, they're, what they're going to be on this wonderful Wednesday? Yeah, really excited. Broken for the Purpose, available for pre-order now. And it will be available on April the 21st. Well, you know what to do until next week. Stay purpose-driven and passion-focused.